At this time, we'll turn in our Bibles to Luke 5, Luke chapter 5. We'll start reading at verse 27. God's Word is holy and true. It is infallible. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it is the Word of life and is the only Word by which we may know how we might be saved. And for this reason, to give honor to God's Word, if you're able, we'll stand together as we read God's Holy Word. Luke 5, starting at verse 27. Hear the word of the Lord. 5.27 After that, he went out and noticed a tax collector named Levi sitting in the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he left everything behind and got up and began to follow him. And Levi gave a big reception for him in his house. And there was a great crowd of tax collectors and other people who were reclining at the table with them. The Pharisees and their scribes began grumbling at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered and said to them, is it is not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And they said to him, The disciples of John often fast and offer prayers. The disciples of the Pharisees do the same, but yours eat and drink. Thus ends the reading of God's holy word. Please be seated. Let's pray together. Our glorious Lord, we ask that your word would be received not as the words of men, but as what it truly is, your holy and infallible word. Bless now your word unto us. Help us to receive it and believe it and to be built up by the means of your glorious word. For we ask these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Imagine someone comes into the church and he has a long criminal record, but he's been to jail and he's, he's paid his time. But you can see that the guy has had a rather rough upbringing. Maybe he's got tattoos all over his body and even tattoos all, all over his face. And the marks of his tattoos are about as long as his, his record, his criminal record. And... You know, he wants to not just attend worship, but he's here all the time, morning and evening. And what would people in the community say? Man, did you see what kind of guys worship over there at the Pineville Presbyterian Church? I think they have some MS-13 gang members over there. You know, you know, it could be that somebody would make a critique of that sort. Well, people criticized Jesus for those whom he was ministering to here in today's text, and we'll look a little bit at that shortly. Uh, Before we get there, the beginning of uh, Luke 5, it records for us how Jesus was growing in popularity. There were times where crowds were gathering to him to the point where they were pressing upon him. He couldn't even preach. He had to get out in a boat in order to preach to not be smothered by the crowds. Uh, And prior in chapter 5, 
Um, there was an occasion where all the scribes and Pharisees came from all of the surrounding regions to hear what Jesus had to say. And that's when Jesus healed the paralytic, paralytic man, proving that he had both authority to forgive sin, but also divine power to heal even the most debilitated person. Today's text, as we look at it, will show us that Jesus Christ is the good shepherd who came to seek the lost and to help the hurt sheep of Israel. As we look at today's text, the main focus is that you are to put your faith in Jesus who calls sinners to faith and repentance. Put your faith in Jesus who calls sinners to faith and repentance. We'll see this in two main points. The calling of Levi, also known as Matthew, and then secondly, Christ's calling sinners. Let's, let's look at this first main point, the calling of Levi. Verse 27, after that, which is after Jesus healed the paralytic, he went out and noticed a tax collector named Levi sitting in the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. What we have here is an offensive situation because Jesus is calling a tax collector to follow him. And I believe the, what we're finding out here is that it's not just calling him as a believer, but calling him as an apostle. But there's two things you need to know about why the, G, the Jews hated tax collectors. The first was because they were a reminder of the, the dominion of the Romans, that they had an imperial dominion over them as they did other lands. And they had to pay tribute or taxes to Caesar. And these were the Jews, very often, who were responsible in taking their money and giving it to Caesar. So they thought that they were sellouts, betrayers, or treasonous Jews. Another reason was because the tax collectors had a very bad reputation. We don't know if Levi himself, Matthew, had a terrible reputation or dishonest reputation, but we know of one when Jesus saves Zacchaeus. Remember, Zacchaeus was so short he had to get up in the tree to see Jesus, so he he had to get up in this tree, but when Jesus went up to him, Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come down, come down, for today I got to spend the night at your house. And But Zacchaeus, when hearing the words of Jesus, turned from his sin and made restitution, and he said he even paid multiple of what he had defrauded others of. So God had brought salvation to the house of Zacchaeus, who was a notoriously uh, a dishonest tax collector. So for that reason, the Jews hated these tax collectors. You might say, well, Jesus was one who didn't really care what people thought. He was going to do what God called him to do. And so often we have a time where we fear what people think. And, you know, what will people think of us if we talk to so-and-so? Or what do we think if so-and-so comes and visits our church? Well, Jesus didn't care about all that because he didn't fear men. He feared God, and we should do the same. When Jesus said to him, follow me, Levi's response was obedient, obedient and immediate to the call of Jesus. Look at verse 28. And he left everything behind and got up and began to follow him. So I, 
I would say here that it's not just following Jesus as a believer, which he did. It's not just following Jesus as a disciple, which he did. Levi, or Matthew, is called and followed Jesus as an apostle because we know that he's, named, he's numbered among the apostles as one of the twelve. When Jesus called his apostles, he knew the hearts of men. He could look at a person and then call them to serve um, as a, an apostle. But elsewhere in the New Testament, when people are called to offices, that is, the offices of elder, overseer, or deacon, it's not something where you look at somebody and you meet them for the first time and you say, I believe the Spirit of God is on that person, or maybe he knows a few scriptures, therefore I want to call him as a deacon. And then the session gathers, and the first time they walk in the door, we're going to call him as an elder or deacon. That's not what the scripture teaches. And I want us to look at a passage Keep your place in Luke, but we'll turn to 1 Timothy 3. First Timothy 3, starting at verse 1. We'll read through 7. It is a trustworthy statement. If any man aspires to the office of overseer, you can translate that bishop, one who oversees the congregation, it is a fine work he desires to do. An overseer then must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine or pugnacious, that's a fighter or brawler, but gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money. He must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? And not a new convert, so that he will not become conceited and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil. And he must have a good reputation with those outside the church, so that he will not fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. So all these qualifications listed here in verses 2 through 7, they may take months, they may take over a year for someone to kind of really get to know that person. So it's not an immediate process in saying such and such person is called as a bishop, an elder, an overseer, or a pastor. Um, goes uh, goes on. Look at verses eight and ten, eight through ten. Deacons likewise must be men of dignity, not double-tongued or addicted to much wine or fond of sordid gain, but holding to the mystery of the faith from with a clear conscience. These men must first be tested, then they are to serve as deacons if they are uh, beyond reproach. Now. Key here is testing. In the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, especially those who are called to gospel ministry, it is required to first come under care. And then after coming under care, you have to then pursue training. And then after training, you have to pursue licensure. And you have to be examined by all the men on the presbytery before you're approved to be licensed. And then after you're licensed, you have to go through a period of probation to see if you're then approved to be later on ordained. It's testing. And that process takes years. 
So the reason for that is that we don't know the hearts of men. Of course, Jesus knew the hearts of men, and our calling of those to ordained officers is different than how Jesus called people. But Levi, also, again, Matthew, no doubt was excited over being called to serve Jesus. He was excited over his being a disciple and even being an apostle. So he was so excited about what Jesus had done in his life, he invites a bunch of his friends and neighbors for what is mentioned here as a big reception, or you could say a party. He gave this big reception mentioned in verse 29. Levi gave a big reception for him in his house. There was a great crowd of tax collectors and other people who were reclining at table with them. Levi found the Lord Jesus Christ. He found salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe he wanted his friends and neighbors. He wanted his co-workers, his fellow tax collectors. He wanted them to embrace Jesus Christ and to be saved as well. Um, you know what? I think probably a lot of these people didn't feel welcome in the synagogue. So he said, well, let's bring them to my house and have Jesus come to them. You know, there are people in the community that might not feel comfortable to step foot in a church, but maybe you can invite them into your home. And then maybe you could talk to them and witness to them and find ways to share your faith with them. It's not just from the pulpit that we can share the Christian faith, but it's from each of your homes, maybe while you're gathered around the table together for a meal. Let's ask God for wisdom how we might follow the example of Levi in exercising Christian hospitality. Next, we'll look at Christ's calling sinners. The glorious gospel of Christ became evident after the Jewish leadership complained about Jesus and his disciples whom he was associating with. Look at verse 30. The Pharisees and their scribes began grumbling at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with the tax collectors and sinners. Now, I, I believe what ha- one of the reasons why the Jews had this attitude in the first place was because they were commanded to be a separate and holy people. One example of a such passage is in your outline, 1 Kings 11.2. The Jews were forbidden to intermarry among Gentiles, people of the nations. And here's the motivation why. You shall not associate with them, nor shall they associate with you, for they will surely turn your heart away after their gods. So that was forbidden, intermarrying Gentiles. But I think the Pharisees took this a little too far. The scribes and Pharisees were excessive in this because they didn't even want to associate with tax collectors. They were fellow Jews. Yet, Because of their occupation, because they collected taxes from the pagans, we need to treat them as lower than human beings, unworthy and unfit to be associated with. Or maybe there was a Jew who was considered a sinner who didn't often frequent the synagogue. So because they didn't come to listen to you preach and pray, you weren't going to associate with them because they were considered the sinners. And the problem was that these were lousy shepherds. 
They didn't care about seeking after the lost. Let's look at the prime example of what a good godly shepherd should be. Let's look at it, Ezekiel 34. Ezekiel 34. God rebuked such individuals because they were worthless shepherds. Let's look at Ezekiel 34, starting at verse 1. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to those shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, Woe, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flock? You eat the fat and clothe yourself with with the wool. You slaughter the fat sheep without feeding the flock. Those who are sickly you have not strengthened. The disease you have not healed. The broken you have not bound up. The scattered you have not brought back. Nor have you sought the lost. But with force and severity you have dominated them. They were scattered for lack of a shepherd. And they became food for every beast of the field. And were scattered. My flock wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. My flock was scattered over all the surface of the earth, and there was no one to seek, to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord as I live, declares the Lord God. Surely, because my flock has become a prey, my flock has even become food for all the beasts of the field for lack of a shepherd. And my shepherds did not search for my flock, but rather the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will demand my sheep from them and make them cease from feeding sheep. So the shepherds will not feed themselves any more. But I will deliver my flock from their mouth, so that they will not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd cares for the herd in the day when he is among his scattered sheep, so I will care for my sheep and will deliver them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. I've thought about the Jehovah's Witnesses who want to say that Jesus is not God. But here, it says in this prophecy of Ezekiel that God himself would come and shepherd his people. And then Jesus comes upon the scene and has the title of the Good Shepherd. And Jesus here you would say, is the fulfillment of Ezekiel 34, where the scribes and Pharisees didn't care to seek out the lost. They let those who were sons of Israel just go by the wayside. Jesus sought after sinners as a perfect fulfillment of Ezekiel 34. He sought after those who were hurt and those who were lost, and he gathered them in. But notice how Jesus replied to those lame, grumbling, worthless, lazy, selfish Pharisees and scribes, those false shepherds. Look at verses 31 through 32. 
And Jesus answered and said to them, It is not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. They didn't care to seek the lost or to bind up the sick and broken, but Jesus did. Have you come to faith and repentance through Jesus Christ? Your first step is to admit that you are a sinner in desperate need of God's grace and mercy. Then only can you be found in Jesus Christ. When Christ says this, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. We have to read this verse, verse 32, in light of what else is said in Scripture, especially in Romans 3.10, which says that no individual person, no Christian who has ever lived in this life has ever had individual personal righteousness in and of themselves. There is none righteous, no, not one. So then how do we interpret what Jesus is saying here? What Jesus is saying here, he's arguing that he didn't come to call those who considered themselves righteous, but he came to call those who are willing to confess that they are sinners in need of mercy before a holy, an infinitely holy and just God. So like Levi, Matthew, you have to be willing to confess that you are a sinner in God's sight and embrace Jesus Christ by faith to be a recipient of the magnificent exchange. Martin Luther called what the gospel is a great exchange. Jesus Christ takes our sin, not in part, but the whole, past, present, and future. It's nailed to the cross. But then his perfect obedience is accounted, reckoned, considered as ours. Some theologians call it an an, an alien righteousness because it's the righteousness of another, not our own, but it's his righteousness that the Father will see on that great day of judgment. And that is the essentials of the Holy Gospel. But if you put your faith in this Jesus, if you've put your faith in Christ, his calling you to eternal life is also marked by repentance. Jesus didn't call you to eternal life so that you could live any way that you want. It says here in verse 32, Jesus calls sinners to repentance. The word here for repentance, um, metanoio, can also be translated conversion or a change of mind. Uh, It's metanoia, a change of mind is probably the more literal translation. Um, if If you've been saved by faith alone, you don't continue to act and think the way that you did before. You've been changed. You've become a new creation in Christ. You've been conformed, not to this world, but you're being conformed, and your mind is being transformed by Holy Scripture through the Word and through the Holy Spirit working in you and through the means of grace. So a, we're not saved by works, but our being saved is something that will demonstrate good works. 
by being saved through Jesus Christ, it will produce a life that is demonstrated in fruitful Christian living. A lively faith produces repentance and a change of mind reduce, that is also shown in a change of life. Consider Zacchaeus again. He didn't just believe in Jesus and keep on defrauding people, but he changed. And I believe that many of the other tax collectors and sinners that were gathered together at Levi's house, God brought them to himself and they changed as well. And they as well stopped defrauding others. God calls you to put your faith in Jesus, who alone can give you salvation. He calls you to faith and repentance in Jesus Christ. God called Levi, Matthew, the tax collector, to become a Christian and an apostle. And God even still to this day calls notorious sinners to himself. God welcomes those who have a history and have a past and who may not look like us, who may be very different from us, and he accepts them into his church and into his kingdom, and we should accept them as well. Christ calls sinners. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of Ezekiel 34. He came to seek the lost and to heal the broken, and we should seek for the Holy Gospel to reach those who are lost and broken as well. Is Christ calling you to repent and believe? Humble yourself. Don't consider yourself righteous in and of yourself, that you are a good person. Confess your sin and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Ask for His mercy. And if you struggle with unbelief, ask Him. Say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Let's pray together. Our glorious God, we thank you that you have given us your beloved Son, the Good Shepherd, that he came to seek sinners such as us. Many of us who were broken and sick and wretched, that you have brought us to yourself. And we do pray that you would help us to grow in our faith and to grow in our ongoing call unto repentance, that you would help us to transform our minds and that you would conform us into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. If there is someone who has not received and believed in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior gathered here this morning, we pray that you would work through your Holy Word and through your Holy Spirit, that you would give them new life in Christ, that you would raise them to spiritual life through that power of regeneration. For we ask all these things in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. We'll stand and sing our hymn of dedication, 517. I know whom I have believed. Let's stand and sing 517.